Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles, brought to you by Hum Nutrition. Hum Nutrition was created out of a need to heal the skin from the inside out. Sign on to humnutrition.com, where registered dietitians help supplement your personal wellness and beauty goals. You can even take a three-minute quiz and get matched with a personal dietitian who will match you with your ideal supplement and give you a detailed nutrition report. Or check out the best-selling red carpet supplement for glowing skin and hair, or Skin Heroes Pre and Probiotic to maintain the health of your gut and skin, all on humnutrition.com. All right, let's talk about beauty news. Woo, beauty news. Okay, so we only have one story for beauty news. It's a pretty big, juicy one. Yeah, and that's Drunk Elephant has been acquired by Shiseido for $845 million. Holy Lord Jesus. Way to go, Shiseido. Yeah, I mean, way to go, Tiffany Masterson. Holy God. Like, uh, is this the biggest acquisition Ever like no because it, it cosmetics. cosmetics was one point two billion yes which I was reading the Forbes article and it said that um, Drunk Elephant was hoping to be valued at like around that uh-huh. but at, it says but even at eight hundred forty five million dollars the implied valuation is more than eight times sales making the Drunk Elephant acquisition one of the biggest ever for a skincare brand yeah so for skincare it's definitely the biggest huge massive I mean. This I, is, I've been making this joke on Instagram, but <laughs> Drunk Elephant is now Rich Elephant. Yeah. And as Maz Hannah DM'd me, she was like, that Drunk Elephant is sipping on Crystal now. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> like, top shelf. Yeah. Top shelf drunk. Here we go. Um, so I think I, a lot of people are a little bit wary of this acquisition, obviously. Well, of course, because Drunk Elephant is cruelty-free. Mm-hmm. Shiseido, the parent company, is not. Um, Junk Elephant actually just acquired Leaping Bunny status, I think in February. And in my opinion, I think Leaping Bunny is probably the most respectable cruelty-free option. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, they go through, they're more, um, discerning when it comes to who applies to be mm-hmm. a part of the program. And, and so then do they take it back now? Okay. No. So they're still cruelty free. And this is, that's a great question because I think that's what a lot of people think. Yeah. Like they're like, oh great. Now they're going to test on animals. Yep. My two go-tos when it comes to being cruelty free are Tashina Combs from uh, Logical Harmony and Cruelty Free Kitty. They're both cruelty-free blogs and they are a wealth of knowledge for you know what constitutes as cruelty-free or not i spoke with both of them when the wet and wild situation happened if you guys remember earlier this year cruelty-free kitty actually broke the news uh, that she'd been sitting on for a while that wet and wild was selling in china which is a huge (laughs) no-no because and this will get to the drunk elephant point Selling in China is literally like the one thing you can't do to maintain 
mm-hmm. cruelty-free status. It's why so many brands don't. Don't. Yes. And like when NARS started selling in China, people lost their shit. Lost their shit. Because like, and I love NARS, but NARS came out and said, we don't personally test on animals, which is great, but you sell right. in a market that requires animal testing. Therefore, you do test on animals. Like, I think that it is kind of a BS thing for brands to say, we don't test on animals, but we do sell here right. where the regulations require it. Yeah, because obviously China is a huge market. And so it's a huge market. I see obviously thinking of money. Yep. And I see um, why it's lucrative. Right. So I get it. But it's, yeah, unfortunate when a brand like, Drunk elephant. Well, we're not saying that they aren't going to be cruelty free any longer. I cut you off. No, it's but fine. it's just concerning. Yeah, it's concerning, and I think there's a, a rightful concern now. A lot of people asked, and Tiffany Masterson, who created Drunk Elephant, who by the way, she's going to pocket 120 million from this. NBD. Yeah, NBD. She's going to stay on as a chief creative officer and president. So she's still going to be actively involved in the brand. People asked her, "Does this mean you're no longer cruelty free?" And she said. No, we are still cruelty-free. We are not selling in China. We wouldn't have done this if our morals and ethics didn't align. And and that makes sense because Shiseido, while not cruelty-free, like they have brands like NARS and Laura Mercier and Clay de Poe that sell in China, they also represent brands like Bare Minerals and Buxom who remain remain cruelty-free and they do not sell in China. So if you're ever wondering, like, it, it is such a confusing topic. I feel like we could have a whole episode devoted to it. But if you sell through e-commerce to China, that's different than selling in-store in China. Basically, like what I'm gathering, and maybe I'm wrong about this, and I would love to have it like a true expert come on. But if you agree to sell in China in the China market, you have to test the product on animals because that's what they regulate. Like that's like how you would even get into the store to make sure that it wouldn't be harmful to people. And then if they have any like recalls or something happens with the product that they're a little suspicious of, that's when it also might be tested on animals. And you can actually sell in China and still be cruelty-free a part of this program, but not a lot of people are a part of it. So I I wrote about this when the Wet and Wild thing happened. And to be sold in China and be cruelty-free The only options are to be sold online or to be sold as part of a pilot program through Cruelty Free International. And so Cruelty Free International is a big, like, cruelty-free organization. And this pilot program includes six beauty brands that they're selling in China that are cruelty-free and are going to maintain cruelty-free status. However, it's not like every beauty brand can be a part of that. Like, I think China is trying to veer away from animal testing, but, like, they're not there yet. Yeah. Which is why so many people that want to stay cruelty free are so adamant, like, do you sell in China? Yeah. I honestly, like, I love Wet n Wild. I think they make great products for their price point, but I try to get to the bottom of this and they didn't give me an answer. Yeah. I was like, why, like, how are you guys selling? Is this, is this like legitimately Wet n Wild or is it just some like fake? No, it was like a whole, you know, gondola a product being sold in this huge store in China. So clearly they're aware of it. I think Wet n Wild, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we would love to have you so you can like clear the air on this. But there was never a definitive, yes, we're selling in China or no, we're not selling in China. And I think that as a, a customer myself and someone in the beauty industry, being forthcoming with information is way better than avoiding the issue. Totally. I love that Tiffany came right out and said, you know, we are acquired by a company that doesn't practice the same like things as us, but 
that's one thing we're keeping. Yeah. I think another concern for obvious reason, it, obvious reasons is like when a smaller brand that it gets to be, you know, super hands-on with the formulations and, you know, you're really get to be very innovative with the products that you're creating. And I think, you know, Kirby and I know when smaller indie beauty brands, they can be more apt in like creating products like quicker. Whereas if you, you know, are acquired by a big company, those things take longer. There's a lot more, um, you know, that has to do with the approval process. So, and then also formulation. Oh my God. Formulation changes. Yes. So that's I, actually the only thing I'm scared about. Right. Which, cause like, obviously like cruelty free, that would be a huge, huge bummer and a huge loss for so many of their customers. But the formulation is, I think what set Dunked Elephant apart from so many of its competitors and why people fell in love with the brand. And so I think that that is something that they're going to really have to prove to their customers that they can still stick to the same formulations. Yeah, because I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Brands get acquired by huge conglomerates and then... Changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes! So everyone stock up on your Drunk Elephant now. <laughs> Y'all better, listen, we're going to be responsible for everybody purchasing yeah. Drunk Elephant out the wazoo. No, I, I truly hope it doesn't affect the formulations. To be determined, we don't know. Right. But we've, I mean, I've experienced it where I'm like, wow, this palette sucks Yeah, now. yeah. Or when, you know, you are one of a handful of other brands, you know, you're not really uh, getting the same sort of attention or whatever. It's not a priority. And so then... You know, you can uh, feel that in the quality of the products or whatever. I kind of love, though, that they were acquired by Shiseido. Yeah, no, because I do love a majority, if not all, of the brands that are under the Shiseido family. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of, I mean, that was, it was a huge shock. But congratulations. Side note from that Forbes article. Yeah. It says that beauty, $500 billion industry. This is why we have so many shitty beauty brands, people. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much money. Nobody, no one industry should have that much wealth, truly. No. Yeah. No one man should have all this power. <laughs> <laughs> no one brand. <laughs> That's Kanye like popped yeah. in my head yeah, the minute yeah. I said that. Yeah. But it's true. It's like I, like, I was joking with Sarah when we were talking about this before we started recording and it's like we need to create a beauty brand because it's just like, that's what people think. They're like, oh, 500 billion. How do we get in on this? That's and it's why like, there's so many celebrity brands, so many influencer brands. This is, this is why there's not enough innovation in the beauty industry. This is why like when we get psyched about a skincare brand or a makeup product, it's because it's innovative and not because it's just like another thing coming out. Totally. Cool. Okay. So we have a great guest this week. Carrie Strom is a senior vice president of Allergan U.S. Medical Aesthetics. She leads the only all-female leadership team in the aesthetic injectables category, overseeing several iconic and best-selling brands, including Botox Cosmetic and the Juvederm Collection of Fillers. In addition to her leadership role at Allergan, Carrie is also on the board of the Orange County chapter of the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation and is passionate about mentoring young female professionals both within Allergan and through outside organizations. Please welcome Carrie to the pod. Woo! Woo! Okay, I feel like you're a walking billboard for Allergan and for Botox. Not that you look like you have it done, but like your skin is so beautiful. You have great texture. I mean, 
I'm a fan. Go a, on. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I love you. You're like, tell me more, please. Thank you so much for coming. We're like, I mean, we've been wanting to do a podcast on Botox. And I think a lot of our listeners have so many questions and like who better than to answer those questions than you. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to answer all your questions and your listeners as well. Yay. Of course. And you know, you're, I love that you love to give back to women too. And it's, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So this is ext- probably extremely special time for you right now working in the on the chapter, yes. right? Yes. Uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's very important to Allergan as a part of our aesthetics portfolio. We have the Natrell Breast Implant and Tissue Expander line. Oh, wow. So Natrell Breast Implants are used uh, for women who want to have cosmetic breast augmentation, but also importantly for women who have had mastectomies and they need a breast reconstruction. Our devices are a very important part of their journey back to kind of getting their body back and their their whole um, selves back after cancer. And so it's very important to celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month for Allergan. Then also I do sit on the board of Susan G. Komen. And so it's an important month for us for fundraising, awareness, and education. That's fabulous. Wow. That's incredible. That how, is incredible. How do you have the time to do all of it? <laughs> I wonder. Exactly. <laughs> let's figure, let's like take some lessons yeah, from Carrie. Honestly. That'd be Multitask. Amazing. Always. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I sleep one hour a night. Yeah. And then. <laughs> totally. Okay. Oh so. I think it's time for what's on our face or what's on your face. Wow. Our face also. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Carrie, do you want to start or do you want us to give you a little uh, example of how it goes? I'll take a stab okay. at yes. it. Yes. I travel a lot in airports, so I love MAC makeup because it's in every airport and I picked up a new hot pink MAC lip gloss I'm loving right now. Do you know it's the really name pretty. of it by chance? We'll That's put okay. it in that. No, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, exactly. we'll figure it out. Awesome. I'm a Mac fan. I am too. Who is it? Lip glass. Yeah. And like you said, that's like they're in every airport. So if you forget it at home, you can just like pick it up. Exactly. It's so convenient. They make one of my favorite mascaras too. Uh, It's the one that it's like big, bad, big, bad lash, big, bad. I don't know. But it's a double mascara. So there's like the normal lid that you twist off and then you have the applicator. And then on top of that lid is an even smaller applicator that you can twist off to get like the inner corners of your mm. eyes. And I like to use it to tight line too because you can get, because the brush is so small, you can get really, really close to your lash line. Okay. Yeah. What else is on your face? Oh, what's on my face? Yeah. So I actually have no makeup <laughs> on currently because I'm shooting a Halloween tutorial in a few hours. Awesome. So have to be fresh faced, but I do have on skincare, Obvi. And one product that I've been loving for probably the past couple of months, um, I've been testing it out, is Bliss Glow and Hydrate uh, Day Face Serum. You can get it at Target. It's $22. It has niacinamide and then the hyaluronic acid as well. We all know what hyaluronic acid is and how it works. It's in filler, which is amazing, which... <laughs> Love that tie-in. Yeah, Don't you wow. love a good tie-in? Wow, fabulous. <laughs> um, but what I like about it is you can wear it during the day and it helps kind of like blur imperfections. So if you feel like your pores are looking too big or, you know, yeah. maybe you're breaking out a little bit, niacinamide is a really great ingredient for breakouts. And it's super lightweight. So I feel like uh, in the morning, I love to go crazy with serums, mm-hmm. but sometimes they can pill depending on like what order you put them in and what what's in them. I can always apply this first and then I, n- I never worry about pilling with anything else I put on top. I so. love that, especially in the morning when you're in a rush and you're trying to do your skincare. Yep. Like you don't have time to wait like you do in the evening. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's um, a little less luxurious in the morning. Right. 
And it's cruelty-free and vegan. So Awesome. Love bliss. Love that. Um, okay, well, I'm wearing, not that anyone's asking, but I'm going to talk about What's it. What's on your face, Sarah? <laughs> um, so I got the new Kylie lip kit, which I didn't even, usually they don't send me stuff, which is really surprising that I got it. Sarah, this is a big day. I know. And I know you've never tried it, so I'm going to give you, like, they sent me four, so you get to pick one color. <sighs> Please. Oh, or you can share this one with me. Oh my God, Um me. It's her new uh, Kylie Jenner lip blush. So it's a new formula of a matte lip. So it's a little bit more of a sheer matte wash. I mean, it's buildable, obviously. I like a bold lip. But I really like how it feels. It's comfortable, and it doesn't look as drying, right, as her other matte lips. Okay, wait. So yeah. I think I might love this versus yeah. her other lip kits because usually they're super matte. And yeah. I feel like they look cracked. and Exactly. And my lips, like, when I smile, you can see, like, my skin. Totally. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's a clear yeah. line from, like, the dryness and the wetness of my lips. Yeah. I feel like this would blur mm-hmm. a little bit more. Exactly. I think that's why she's calling it a, a lip blush. blush. Do you think that it's kind of like the Clay Cosmetics lip powder? Totally. I think that that's very trendy right now. Okay. Is that sort of like airbrushed lip look where it's a little bit more comfortable than like the matte lips lipsticks from last year that were, you know, super drying, like you said. Um, but this one is I'm Blushing. And oh, I really cute. Like it. Very cute. Yeah. So I just put it on. We'll see how long it lasts. Probably but seriously, a it's a it's a big day it's that big day. that Sarah got the Thanks, PR Kylie. send from Kylie. Yeah, I mean, for a while we were like, do, does she even realize that um, uh, digital exist. outlets exist? I know, but well, we're happy now. Yeah, good um, for you. Okay. Well, I love what's on your face. Thank you. I love your face, just in general. Let's um, talk about what's really in your face. In my face. <laughs> so if you have. Uh, like my Instagram is basically me just talking about injectables all day, every day. I really love the innovation that injectables bring to the beauty industry. And I was actually talking to somebody a couple of days ago about how, why is it when we talk about our skincare routines, we don't include injectables. Mm -hmm. Like I think people are starting now to be like, oh yeah, I get Botox and it's not a big deal. But remember when it first came, it was like, if you got Botox, no one talked about it. It was, it's, it was like akin to plastic surgery in a way. Don't you think so, Carrie? People were so scared to just admit that they were getting this done. I don't know why we color our hair, right? You know, and we, get get lash extensions. We get our eyebrows done. I feel like injectables are on the same level. And so I was the last one out of my friends, actually, surprisingly, to start, you know, dabbling into the injectables realm. And I got one thing I was worried about was obviously looking like I got it done. Like that was the number one thing. I also because I had eye surgery when I was little, I had heard that sometimes depending on where they put Botox in your forehead, it can cause like the the spocking of the brow. We look like Spock or whatever. And I had eye surgery when I was little and I'm like, I already have a really heavy eyelid. I don't even even need an even heavier one. So I was really concerned about who I was going to see and who are the best injectors and, and how to know all of those things. And I guess throughout the years of really just starting to care about this part of my life, I've learned a lot. Um, and that's why we have Carrie here. Carrie is the person yeah. <laughs> to answer all these questions. We actually put it up on our Instagram. What do you want to know about Botox? We're going to be answering a lot of y'all's questions, mm-hmm. but I think we should take it back. So yes, Sarah, do you want to kick yes, things off? Well, I'm the opposite, not opposite of Kirby, but in the sense that like, I've never gotten Botox before. So like 
a lot of our listeners, I have a lot of very introductory questions for you. Which is great because, yeah. like you said, right. that's what a lot of people are asking as exactly. well. Exactly. So Botox is obviously not new. Can you explain how long it's been around and the research behind it? Um, and actually, one of our listeners wants to know specifically if it's chemically synthesized. So Botox Cosmetic has been around for 17 years and in those 17 years, we have built the medical aesthetics market. So your point around injectables being thought of as surgery or as taboo, we have come a long way in those 17 years, right? So um, in 17 years, we have gotten three indications for the product. And I can talk about what that means to have an indication yeah. or not. But uh, Botox Cosmetic is uh, FDA approved for use for moderate to severe forehead lines for your glabellar lines, which are like those 11s or those furrow lines in between your eyes, and then also for the, the dreaded crow's feet. And um, what that means is that we did the studies and the research and the work and got the FDA approval um, so that doctors are able to use those in those indications and we can do training and promotion in that area. In the past 17 years, I would say that people thought that it was like something you should hide or it was stigmatized. We even had a campaign that said, everybody will notice, but nobody will know. Oh, I right? remember that. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And so it was really tapping into that idea. Like you want to look your best, but you don't want anyone to know you got Botox or yeah. Juvederm. And um, that's not the case anymore. Our latest campaign is really about owning it and being authentic. And for Botox Cosmetic, it's called Own Your Look. So, you know, that. own your look and you can look like yourself, but just with fewer lines. And that taps into the other objection that you all mentioned, which is something we hear all the time. And the number one barrier to people getting Botox Cosmetic or Juvederm is a fear of an unnatural look. Uh, yep. So they're all like, I, I want to try it, but I don't want to look bad or crazy or, you know, like that celebrity I saw that clearly <laughs> got bad work. Totally. And so yeah. that is the number one barrier. And... That is why our campaign is called Own Your Look. You can look like yourself, but with fewer lines. And you have the trust of 17 years of experience with this product. And what's really interesting about Botox is Botox Cosmetic has her sister, which is Botox Therapeutic. Botox Therapeutic means that Botox is not just used for cosmetic uses, but it has 10, um, soon to be 11 therapeutic indications. And then there's 30 years of evidence and experience there. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's, so Dr. Jessica Wu, um, she is an Allergan approved injector and has been working with you guys for a while. And she's actually the person when I first interviewed an expert about Botox that said, this isn't something that we just like popped up like five years ago and we decided, okay, we're gonna start putting it in people's faces. Allergan is a company that has all this backing and research behind it. They have to be FDA approved because Botox is technically a drug. Like you can't just go and pick it up and do it yourself. And she was like, but there's been 30 years of therapeutic indications for it. Right. Right. Exactly. In all sorts of areas like overactive bladder for spasticity, for it's a neurologic condition after somebody's maybe had a stroke for chronic migraine. 
and we're studying it for even more indications, which some of them are just so fascinating, like atrial fibrillation. What's um, that? And so for somebody who's had open heart surgery and they're oh. having um, an atrial fibrillation, Botox will be injected there. Wow. Um, and then the most recent, which I'm so proud of, to work at Allergan, a company that got Botox approved for children um, for pediatric spasticity. So as young as two years old, some of these kids are getting doses that are 10 times what an adult would get for cosmetic use. And it helps them if they've had cerebral, if they have cerebral palsy and they have a stiffness in their joints, in their um, upper limbs, and soon to be um, an indication in their lower limbs, this can really be an important therapy for them and their parents and their caregivers. That's amazing. That's really cool. So you covered most of the on-label, cos- or all the on-label cosmetic uses. Can you explain what on-label is? I, you kind of said it, but just in layman's terms, I think people are going to be like, wait, what do yeah, you mean, what does on it mean on-label, label, right? So what areas is it approved to be on-label and what does on-label mean? Yes. So great question. So healthcare providers and doctors can use their discretion to use approved products however they see fit. And that is common that they do that. When it comes to neurotoxins like Botox Cosmetic, Botox Cosmetic is approved in those three areas, the forehead, the the glabellar lines, and the crow's feet. And no other approved toxin has all three of those indications. So we're very proud and happy that we have more than anyone else. And what that means is that we did the work and the research and development and the clinical studies submitted to the FDA, had the FDA review, and they gave us those approvals. They said, yes, Allergan, you can promote and train doctors and healthcare providers on using your product um, on the safe and effective use of those three areas. Now, that doesn't mean that doctors might not use it in other areas. It just means that Allergan isn't going to provide training or patient education in areas outside those three cosmetic areas. And we are looking to get more indications. So right now we have those three in the upper face. We're looking to expand Botox cosmetic use in the lower face with active clinical trials right now for the masseter. Yes! Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Which is Just got really well, excited. that's like in our notes. So let's yeah, talk about I that. Said, I said example. It's not technically approved right. on label to be used in the masseter, but as someone with TMJ, I'm looking at number right now, uh, <laughs> with someone is, like that has TMJ constantly grinding her teeth, literally like her jaw muscles were expanding so that my face started to look like the shape of a trapezoid because it was like yeah. larger than my actual forehead. I love Botox for my masseter, but I always specify now, especially after spending time with the Allergan team this past April, okay, I'm telling you that I do this and that my injector who knows, who's been working with Allergan for years knows how to do this, but it's not on label for the masseter muscle. So make sure you go to an expert that knows what they're doing so that you don't end up with any, you know, counter indications or anything like that, right? Exactly. I think that's perfect advice. Um, the masseter, uh, many injectors will inject Botox cosmetic for the masseter muscles, but it's great that you just make sure you ask your injector what their experience is there and how they've been trained. All it means that it's off-label, it just means that Allergan isn't going to promote it or educate patients or doctors about it until we get that FDA approval. That's great. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so for a newbie like me, how long is Botox supposed to last and do you have any tips for how often you should be getting it and how we can make it last longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Botox Cosmetic lasts three to four months. And um, so people who get treated with Botox Cosmetic go, you know, a couple times a year to keep it up. 
and there's no real secret to making it last longer. Just go as often as you'd like and have the effect last as long as it works for you. Like I said, it's about three to four months. Okay. Do Okay, so I was actually talking to an injector about this, and she was kind of like, I don't know why people say this. If you have a very active lifestyle and you're, you work out a lot or you sweat a lot, a lot of people think, oh, well, my, my Botox wears off more quickly because it metabolizes it more quickly. Is there any truth to that? Or are you guys like allowed to even like discuss that? Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard people say that they believe that they kind of process through the product faster or slower. We don't have data to say that one way or the other. But um, I'd say everyone has their own experience with every product that they use and um, they should do what works for them. Yeah. I personally get it done twice a year. Yeah. I like, I'll notice around like five and a half months. I'm like, oh, yep, that, that, uh, you know, 11 that I have going on is coming back. Like I can't. And, and the 11 is right between your forehead, yeah. guys. Just in, obviously you guys can't see me pointing to it. <laughs> and, and what about you, Carrie? How often do you get Botox done? Well, I'm very lucky because I have access to Botox Cosmetic and fantastic injectors all the time. Uh, you and are so lucky. I'd say I'm, I'm a regular. I'm like four times a year. Uh, good for you, girl. Okay. I want to know like who you go to and, and all that later. We'll, yes. We have a question for that. But Yes. So, okay, we have a, a listener, Mia Inkle. Is that how you think yeah. we say her handle? At M-I-A-L-N-C-L-E. Oh, is it L or I? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Hi, Mia. Hi, Mia. So she wants to know, for those of us who have never gotten Botox before, what does it feel like? I think this is an interesting question. Yeah, because I'm sure, I mean, I've never gotten it done, but I'm sure, like, you know, we were talking earlier, it's very specific to you. Yes. Exactly. But can you both describe what that's like? So do you want to talk about what it feels like when you get injected? Sure. So um, I'll talk from my personal experience and then also from you know how we talk to our consumers and our patients and our friends and family is you go into the office and it can take 10 minutes. It's a very simple in-office procedure. And um, of course, you want to make sure you're going to a well-trained injector and it just feels like a bunch of just pinpricks mm-hmm. and it's I think it's quite easy it's the buildup is always worse than it actually is and you're in and out of there in in 10 minutes and then how it feels afterwards is once you feel a Botox cosmetic kicking in it just feels pretty much the same to me I, I don't even really notice it it's um, the uh, smoothing of the lines on my forehead and crow's feet and um, glabellar lines don't really impact me or I don't notice notice much of a difference. I don't know about you, Kirby. Yeah. I remember when I first got it done, I'm not afraid of needles. So that wasn't a problem. Are you afraid of needles? I'm not. Okay. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are straight up just like, yeah, I, I can't do it. I do close my eyes though. Yeah, same. I don't want to like see it. One time I did actually do you let, use do a mirror. Keep their eyes open? Yeah, some people will like hold mirrors to see like what's oh, going wow. on. I remember I did it the first time. I was like, I don't actually need to see that. Yeah, truly don't. No, but it just feels like pinpricks. It, it's super quick. Obviously, a trained injector is key. Which we have a question about this in a in mm-hmm. a few minutes. But you don't want someone that just is like. Oh great! I've seen five patients. Like let's like this is where you have consultations with your injector, and you ask how long have you been doing this? How long have you been administering this? You know, you want someone to be honest and upfront with you about. You know, I think a lot of times consumers go in and they might see something that they want fixed, but then they'll ask their injector, "What do you think I should get done?" And I don't think in, any injector will specifically be like, "Well, you could stand to use this, this, and this, or get this and this, this done." But 
you want someone that's going to be honest with you. Like, okay, listen, if, if we put it in your forehead, like, I don't know if it's going to actually do anything for this or whatever it is, but it does not hurt. I think people think you're going to walk out and your face is going to be swollen or bleeding or whatever or whatever. And that's just not, that's not it at all. It takes a couple of weeks to see the results of Botox, right? Yeah. I would say you could see your results within a week or so. So it's not like you walk out instantly with the effect. I will also say there's really no downtime to your point. You could get it done at lunch and you you leave. No one would know anything. And within a week, you're going to see most of your benefit. That was actually a question. uh, I don't know if it was a silly question or not, but is there a better time during the day, like an ideal time that you should be getting your Botox done? Morning, evening? I've had some injectors advise that maybe you don't work out for a few hours afterwards. Um, That just, I think, is injector by injector. So I don't think there's really any limitations in terms of what you eat or drink or do or don't do. Um, Somebody just might want to take it easy and for a few hours afterwards, that's up to them. Yeah. Sleeping. Do you have to sleep like... No. No. I mean, (laughs) I... Yeah. If I, if we were supposed to, I yeah. failed. I clearly <laughs> failed. I love sleeping on my side, but yeah. yeah, I've gotten it done literally like midday and then like been to an event at night and no one knows you can't right. see any like marks. Like I, there's a lot of Instagram account, accounts now, like, like celeb derm or cosmetic derm where they just take pictures of celebrities and they're like all close ups and they ask people what they think this person had done. I remember reading a few comments a couple of days ago on someone's that was like, you can see her injection marks from when she got Botox. I'm like, that's a pore. Yeah. First of all, like, let's, you know what I mean? You can't like, you don't notice when people have had it done, which is what I really love about it. Right. But yeah. And then I would say mine kicks in probably like seven to 10 days later. And it's not that you feel it. It's not like, Ooh, the Botox kicked in. It's like, you try to furrow your brow a little bit and you're like, oh, wait, oh, oh, it's a little bit harder. It's something that you don't realize. You've never felt that feeling until you have this done. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because obviously it's relaxed. Yeah. Which is nice. I know when I have had it injected into my masseter, sometimes I'll go a little more often than I probably should. So like if I'm yawning, I'm like, oh wow, this is a weird feeling because it's like keep it, you know, like I'm trying to open my mouth, but it's, it's so relaxed. I, it it doesn't open up all the way. And it's it's just funny because I'm like, oh, that's the Botox. Like it's, Carrie, Mm -hmm. am I right? Like it's hard to explain the feeling. You're exactly right. I, I will look in my rear view mirror and I'll say, oh, there it is, yeah. right? And then, um, but it's so subtle yes. that you're really, you're the only one who notices. You just feel like you're smoother and fresher. And um, and you're right. Just maybe it's that, that kind of feeling that goes along with it. It's very subtle. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So I want to talk about preventative Botox and whether or not, you know, it actually prevents wrinkles from forming. And if so, what age should you start getting preventative Botox? This is such, people debate about this all day, every day. I I think there's like thousands of articles online. Absolutely. What what is preventative Botox? Is Is it for real? mm -hmm. What age is like the ideal, you know, who's the ideal candidate for? too young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're hitting on the key point, which is not if you're going to get Botox cosmetic, it's when you're going to get Botox Mm, cosmetic. mm -hmm. And our label, so I mentioned, you know, the FDA says what you're approved for, says that adults as young as 18 can start using the product according to our label. And we are seeing that trend come through a lot more. So 
Traditionally, um, the typical age of a Botox cosmetic user is um, in her mid to late 40s. And we've seen that just in the past year come down. So we're seeing that this trend is really bringing the average down. In a lot of our promotions that we're doing, we sell Botox cosmetic gift cards, for instance. Wow. More than, more than half of them are um, being purchased by people younger than 40. Best, our best present ever. It's a yeah. gift that everyone loves. It's um, our web traffic to our BotoxCosmetic.com website. Majority of it is uh, people younger than 40. So we are seeing that trend come through. Wait, I have a question about this gift card. So when you, can you redeem it? Yeah. Like do you, you can redeem it at any like Allergan approved injector? So How does it work? The Botox Cosmetic gift card that we have right now is buy it for $75 and it gets you $100. Okay. So it's a $100 mm-hmm. gift card that basically you, you got $25 off on. And um, it's used through our loyalty program, which is called Brilliant Distinctions. Okay. So if you're a Brilliant Distinctions member or if you aren't, you buy the gift card and you register or you add it to your account and you can go to any any injector that's a part of Brilliant Distinctions, which is really almost all of our injectors. And they, they will know how to, how to use it for you. So it's like any loyalty program, any points you have, um, you'll just take it to the office and they will cash it in for Oh, you. wow. So it's like a network. That's what, is that what Brilliant Distinctions is? It's like it gives you access to a, pro, a provider network? Brilliant Distinctions is our consumer loyalty program. Oh, okay. So think about your Starbucks app or yep. your American Airlines loyalty program. It's like that, but for medical aesthetics. It is by far the largest uh, consumer loyalty program in medical aesthetics. We have 6 million members, and it's a loyalty program that will reward loyalty, that will incent you to do more. So, for instance, if you have a certain number of points based on going for the past year, you can redeem those points towards your next Botox treatment or Juvederm. Oh, this is a this is a Wow, great yeah. Loyalty. How are you not part of the loyalty program? I know. Here, What's Kirby? wrong with me? How did I not even know about this? <laughs> All these points you could be collecting. Wow, I'm a terrible Botox patient. How did I not know this? This is amazing. Yeah. Well, make that six million and one. <laughs> When I, I'm going to sign Sarah up too. So whenever she's ready to go, we just rub her up in there. Perfect. Okay. So let's see. What is the next? What are the myth? Oh yeah. The myth. Okay. We, this question popped up several times and it's once you start, you can't stop. Is that a myth? Is that true? In the terms of like, once you start, Yes. You can't stop because then your skin is ruined or or whatever. So that is a myth that um, I just started hearing recently. Yes, and it is a wide, started that widely rumor? held myth. <laughs> um, it was so interesting to me that that there's this fear that once you start using Botox Cosmetic, you can't ever stop because you look kind of like way worse than you did when you started. And mm-hmm. that is absolutely a myth. Yeah. Um, I'll shatter that myth right here. The, the facts and the reality is that when Botox Cosmetic wears off within three or four months, you look just the way you did before. Yeah. So if um, you didn't like the way you looked before and you look like that after, (laughs) then yeah, you can't stop. (laughs) Right. But um, but no, there's absolutely no kind of negative or detrimental or regressive effect to it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, listen, when I see myself without, when it starts to wear off, I am like, yeah. Oh, I do look worse. But it's it's, but it's like, like with anything. It's like when I get my hair, if my right. hair's not colored, I'm like, oh God. Like I'm, right. Or like you 
or, or you with your eyelash exactly. extensions. Exactly. I feel like, I, feel like I, don't, I don't know who I am yeah, anymore. Exactly. Like, who is that? Yeah. Or like if you stopped working out, you, you know, it's yeah. not, yeah, you just look like you would without it. That's such an, I want to know who started that. Yeah. It was definitely someone that's someone like on anti, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Reddit, yeah. of course, the deep, dark web, mm-hmm. Reddit, um, scary place. But on that same, you know, note, should we be worried about the effects of Botox long term? You know, what will our faces look like 30 years from now after, you know, what decades? will my face look like in 30 years, Carrie? That's right. what I want to know. I just want to make sure I don't go crazy <laughs> with the bobo, but I do. I think that this dabble. is also the, though, like a real concern for people why they maybe haven't started getting it before Mm -hmm. is because they're worried that it hasn't been around long enough for us to know what all of our faces are going to look like when we're 70. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So I think this is a time where the heritage and the track record of a product that's been around a long time um, comes in handy. So And data, of course, is very important. And that's why we continue to pursue these new indications and do all these studies. We have almost 5,000 published studies for Botox, um, for cosmetic and therapeutic use, and um, over 30 years, like I said, 17 of them being cosmetics. So I think that that track record is very comforting and reassuring, and we will continue to generate that data moving forward. Yeah. Uh, so and maybe I, that's just people just don't know. They're not aware that it has had, you have all those studies, that it has actually been around for 30 years. Yeah, for the therapeutic use, 30 years, and we have injectors that have been playing with these products for a very, very long time. Right. And it's it's like, you know, it's called Botox Cosmetic, right? So that the consumer understands, okay, it's for the aesthetic, right? But at the same time, I think that I, that can be a little confusing to people because then they think, oh, it's a cosmetic thing. It hasn't been around as long. It's not as researched. Like they don't realize like who Allergan is, like the parent company and all of the information and, and trials and clinicals and all these things that Allergan has done to make sure. Like getting FDA approved is not easy. Even though I feel like the cosmetics industry in general is super unregulated, like Botox cosmetic is a drug. That's why you have to go to a doctor to receive it. So that's why, like, I, I think that's what I try to explain to people because I, it's one of my most popular questions that I get asked about, you know, how does it feel? Like, how do I know it's not going to mess up my face in the long run and things like that? So, you know, I think that obviously it's, it's totally fine to be questioning. Like, yeah. you, you want to know what you're putting into your body and right. into your face. But I also think that with a little bit more research on the consumer's end, they will learn, okay, right. this isn't something that just popped up out of nowhere like when Instagram got started. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, this kind of ties into your next question. Yeah. But there's always room to like pull back, do less units, right? So if people maybe, you know, are maybe they got too much Botox then, yeah. let's say. Um, and then they're, you know, that, that traumatized them. But truly that they can find someone else or they can just do less. Yes, absolutely. So there's the product and there's the practitioner. So everyone should should research their practitioner or their injector based on what's important to them. For instance, ask questions about how many years of experience have you been using it? How many patients do you treat on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your board certification if that's important to you? Um, has how have you been trained? So there are really important questions that you should ask based on what's important to you. And um, BotoxCosmetic.com has a find a specialist tool, so you can search in your zip code for 
for uh, Botox cosmetic injectors that are around you. And um, to your point around the product, I, I say that's exactly right. So for me personally, sometimes I want more movement in my forehead than others. Sometimes I want a more dramatic look. Sometimes I want a more natural look. And you can calibrate that up or down depending on what's right for you and you know the discussion you have with your injector. I think one of the, I mean, I, I keep saying like, I think this is a big question, but I feel like all of them are yeah, big questions. Are. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm like, oh, I get this many units in my face. Then they're like, well, how many units should I get in my face? How much should I be paying? And I'm like, woman, I don't know. I don't know you and I don't know you in real life. Like, and I don't even know for myself. I remember I went, um, I see Dr. Nancy Samulitis at Facile. Um, she's a board certified dermatologist. And I also have seen Nurse Jamie. I have seen uh, Vanessa Lee from the thing and the, uh, the things we do, who's great. And, you know, they all have years of experience doing this. And I've asked each of them, you know, how many units of Botox do you think I need in, you know, my, like in between my forehead or to lift my brow or, you know, in my masseter. And it has very, each of them have, has varied. But I also remember I talked to Dr. Samuelitis and I said, I heard that you take your age and you double it. So if I'm 32, <laughs> Carrie's rolling her eyes. She's like, no. So that sounds super scientific. Yeah, I know. She, so how old are you again? Okay, great. So I'm like, I'm 32. So I need 64 units of Botox. And sh- and like Dr. Sam's like, what? Like, no. Same rumor started by the same Reddit user. Totally. <laughs> and, and and I think the point what I'm, I'm trying to say is because I did write an article about getting Botox in my masseter and, and helping with TMJ. Obviously, I talked to all the experts and said, how many units of Botox, I had to ask, how many units of Botox do you think that uh, somebody should typically get? And it truly varies by the person. And that's only something that a practitioner who has been doing this for years with a ton of patients under their belt can really tell you. In terms of pricing, I mean... LA, I think, is probably more competitive just because it's LA. But then there's places that I like. If I go back to Texas, where I'm from, it's way more like not cheaper. Yeah. I hate saying more cheap, but right, right, right. it's more, more affordable, affordable, I guess. Is there like a standard cost that you guys advise your practitioners to charge? It just depends on the, it the depends practitioner. On the practitioner. Um, in their office, and I would I would encourage people to think about paying for the outcome versus paying per units, right? So um, you want to go in and, and you want to choose an injector that you trust, and then you want you put your face in his or her hands, right? Mm-hmm. And and that outcome is so important. And since we know that the number one worry is a fear of an unnatural outcome, make sure you go to somebody that you trust, use a product that you trust, and pay for the outcome. Don't try to nickel and dime based on units or any of that stuff. Yeah, that's would, actually really smart. Would you say like in this world of, you know, Instagram, social media, uh, so many people will, you know, try to find their practitioners using Instagram and finding, you know, the, the photos of their patients. Would you advise people doing that? I would advise um, asking to see before and after pictures that are their own. So um, some injectors will use before and after pictures that are, you know, um, in books and some will use and, and take the time to compile their own um, that has a nice, a nice volume of before and afters. And then you can look and you can say, okay, 
are these natural looking? Do they look like um, people that are like me? Are these the type of outcomes I would want to have? And I think that's a really important thing. And most injectors do do that. Most have a rich volume of before and after pictures that you can look at, whether they're on Instagram or they're in their office or on their website. And to that point, I think I've said this on podcasts before, but make sure that, um, you know, if you're, if you're on your Instagram explore page and you see an injector's, you know, page and you start going through it. There are some things that you should look for to make sure that they're actually using their own photos because now there are so many aggregation accounts that are just like this, this, and this, or people that are saying, oh, I offer this service, but it's a bunch of other practitioners' photos. Make sure that the photos look the same, like every, like the angles, the lighting, even the background of where they're taking them, just because I know way too many people that have had the experience where they go and they expect one thing and they realize their injector was not the one that did totally. all of these people on their page, which is super de- deceptive. Um, but we live in this social media world now and Instagram, unfortunately, can not be used for good. It can can really um, be detrimental. And also, to Carrie's other point, it's your face. So, like, yeah, be willing to invest in your face is like, don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't nickel and dime based on how many units you think you want. Listen to your practitioner. They know what they're doing, especially if you did your research and you feel comfortable with them and go from there. I wouldn't be like, OK, I only have four hundred dollars to spend. Right. What can you do with that? I think that's the wrong approach. I know that kind of sounds like a privileged thing to say, but really I think it that's not the way to go. Yeah. My other question for you, Carrie, is is there anything that people should be weary of or aware of when it comes to finding a practitioner? Because I do think that is the most important part is finding someone that really knows what they're doing. Yes, I would say that's a very important decision you have to make. The good news is there are thousands and thousands of very well-trained, very well-experienced injectors uh, for Botox Cosmetic. And that's a part of this uh, being on the market for the past 17 years, right? So Mm -hmm. many have built their entire practice on this and are very well-experienced. I will reiterate the key questions I think you should ask are the number of years you've been treating patients, the number of patients you treat on a weekly, monthly, or yearly basis, your board certification, and how you've been trained. So Um, We run Allergan Medical Institute, which is our uh, medical education and injector training program. It's very rigorous. We train tens of thousands of injectors a year. That might be a question. You know, have you been trained by Allergan Medical Institute? And so um, I think that's very important. And then the other, I said, is the practitioner and also the product. Make sure you're getting the product that you expect. So there is only one Botox cosmetic. Um, Botox is a bit like Kleenex or Coke, right? It's used as a category, but really it is its own product. And if uh, somebody is saying that they're using Botox cosmetic or another toxin, just make sure you're getting the real thing. And how you're how Botox would you cosmetic? Like, would you actually look at the the Evil. little vial that it comes in to make sure, or like like? I mean, I'm. I would have no fear of being aggressive and being like, bring out the box. Like, let, well, let me I mean, see I guess it, that just comes with finding a trusted, certified practitioner. Yes, a trusted practitioner is going to give you what, what you ask for. Many people do ask to see the vial, and I think that's a very fair question to ask. Great. And um, last but not least, if you're a member of the Brilliant Distinctions Loyalty Program, your points will only work if they gave you Botox Cosmetics. So that's a nice thing to rely on. Awesome. There's one other question that I did want to address and this is personal. So feel free to get personal too, Carrie, but a lot of people were asking like, 
does it change your skin texture? Like, you know, is it going to impact your beauty routine in any way? I feel like it only impacts it positively when I love getting Botox because I feel like it actually makes my pores look smaller. I know that's not like an approved thing that Botox claims to do, but because of the way that it smooths out the lines around my eyes, I feel like it ends up benefiting my whole face. And I've, I've, openly said that when people are like, Oh, your skin looks amazing. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm using this product, and this product. Also, I got Botox like four weeks ago. I feel like that has a huge part in it. Botox in my masseter has really helped my jawline too. It's, it's just helped with me like with mental relief as well, just because when you grind your teeth all the time, it's extremely painful, but I think it only impacts my skin routine in a positive way. And I found that it makes the texture of my skin overall look better. What about you, Carrie? Yeah, I would say we hear what you just said all the time. I personally love having my lines smoothed so that when I'm putting on my makeup, everything is just kind of going on more easily. I I feel like I am looking, having my inside, or my, excuse me, my outside match my inside and kind of look like the best version of myself. And like I said, when I'm looking in that rear view mirror in my car, I know <laughs> when it's kicked in and I know when I need to go back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that light's not forgiving in the car. <laughs> no. So I totally agree. I, and I always notice in between my eyebrows, like that 11, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, You're it's You're not time. alone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I feel like a lot of people also yeah. notice that. Okay, awesome. awesome. So I think that answered most of the questions that we, if not all of them. Yeah. If, if anyone has any more questions, where is a good place we can go to get some answers about Botox Cosmetic? BotoxCosmetic.com is our website. We have at Botox Cosmetic, our Instagram handle. And of course, you go to your doctor or your healthcare provider and they can answer all of your questions about Botox Cosmetic. Amazing. Great. Carrie, thank you so yeah. much for being with thank us you so today. Much. I learned so much. I'm like not as scared as I was and now I'm like ready. <laughs> when are you going to go and get Botox I know. Cosmetic? Oh my God. I'm like, but I'm like, where together? would she get it? Like, look I mean, at her skin. No, like, no. I'm like. Preventative though. I mean, okay, whatever. I'm going to take you with me to my yeah. next, I call it Bobo. I'm going to start, I'm just going to trademark it, Bobo. <laughs> get my next Bobo appointment. I'm due in probably like two or three months. I'll take Great. you with okay, me. Okay, cool. Great. So you can like see the whole yes. process. I would love that. Maybe then, we'll record it for Instagram. Yeah, and we'll send it to Carrie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can approve. Um, um, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this episode was actually because you guys were really passionate about learning more about Botox Cosmetics. So please, please message us on social, whether it's tweeting us, posting the Facebook group, or messaging us or commenting on Instagram. We love hearing from you. Be sure to follow us on all places. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Leave us a five-star review, and we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.